sing along with it if you want. Gary, welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and I'm joined today by Gary Riley. Hello. Bapping along there, and uh, Ross Annett. What is happening? Not to be referred to as Gary Glitter. No, definitely <laughs> <Again>. not. <laughs> not again. Not again. <laughs> no, I've passed all that. Uh, welcome back to the show. We've had a bit of a hiatus due to uh, some holidays. Uh, all of us were away at various stages there, but we're back and many things have happened. One thing that has happened that none of us were at, which is a crying shame, was the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I don't know if you've seen any of the coverage on YouTube. Again, what an absolutely tremendous event. I went six or seven years ago and been yearning to go back since. Watching the coverage this year, I just went ahead and, and booked accommodation for next year. It's just, it's just happening. It is just the most incredible thing. Even though... One of the days this year was cancelled because of the, the weather. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? On the Saturday, it was... Uh, was that the first cancellation in how many years? 27, 30 years? Yeah, something, something like that. Since it started, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I think you could deal with if you went on the Thursday morning and were home on the Sunday evening. Yeah. You would still get three days. But if you were, as some people on the forum got hit with, they're only going there on the Saturday and Sunday and then they're mm-hmm. landing there on the Saturday. This is why I stick the NEC and Classic Car Show, it's all inside. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There is no such thing as weather permitting. I like the classic car show is excellent, but it yeah. is it's nothing compared to uh, Goodwood and the classic car show. No, brilliant. I don't know. Goodwood's it's special. So, so that just tells you how um, in how high esteem I hold it. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mister Bain, going up the hill in a, in a hydrogen GR Yaris. Seen so. <clears throat> so again, I was off and I was in Dubai when it was all happening. But some of the stuff was popping up, but obviously my news feed's not there. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting, because I love Yaris's. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it just made me think I had one of them. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I, I, he has, of course, Rowan being a huge petrol head. Oh, I have one of these at home, too. And I was like, I used to have one of them. You may have well heard me boring news about it. So uh, <laughs> Once or twice. But, yeah, so cool. Uh, some epic, did you see the Ionic 6N crash? The crash. Yeah. Oof. Grim, straight in the, into the bill, but just some amazing stuff. The McMurtry Sterling again. What, just what actually happened there? Was it, it looked like it was just going a straight line and plowed into it? I don't know. Didn't attempt to steer. I, I thought maybe a steering column went, or you know, did they even have a steering column? I don't know. I, I don't know, but it just yeah went went straight on and just as you say hit the hit the VTEC, the battery VTEC, and uh, driver fell asleep or something. Yeah, but, <laughs> and and the electric stuff is is normally as the McMurtry shows us is the quickest stuff. Uh, up the hill, uh, uh, Magic Mike or Mad Mike, you know the Mad New Zealand fit yeah. in the uh, RX Seven. He's just incredible, just sideways the whole the whole way. It can't be a year since the last Goodwood, and they took up that little what do you call the McMurtrys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was up again. What do you call the car again? McMurtry Spurling, Spurling, Spurling. Yeah, with the ground effect, mm-hmm. so that which they have to. They can't take the racing line. Not that it's much of a racing line because yeah. it's just it's just Lord March's driveway. But uh, it has to stay in the centre of the track, so mm-hmm. it has uh, good suction. And if it comes off the crown of the circuit, like at several times the pace of mm-hmm. of the other cars, sure, it could end up anywhere. But it's just so, so quick. Bongers. Absolutely bongers. So, going to go next year. Can't wait. Book now for next year because, well, mm-hmm. I went on to booking.com to book after the dates were released last week. And sort of people roughly knew that they were going to be, and it's the 14th to the 16th of July, uh, roughly around those dates, 2024. Mm-hmm. But Booking.com was mostly sold out, and I like got half an hour radius already. 
Wow. Yeah. So I was like, I was I got Airbnb or something then, and I was like humming in hand. It's like, right, free cancellation, that'll do me. Don't wow. even know who's going with me in it. I'm just but, book it. Yeah. Get her booked. And then uh, EasyJet don't release the flights, I think, until October time for Gatwick. So just waiting for that to the next, the next bit. But uh, highly recommend it. And as I say, just watching it this year, it's like, no, I, sh- I should be there. Slipped up this year. I'm going to make that happen uh, next year. Actually, mm. I think it's the 12th to the 14th because the Friday is the 12th that we're, that us Northern Arners will you be. You can never go on the 12th. Will be off. <laughs> You're marching up and down roads, aren't you? Ah, uh, you reckon? <laughs> marching up Goodwood. Ah, uh, marching up uh, Lord March. Actually, that could be your new traditional route. <laughs> Thanks very much. So, looking forward uh, to that, uh, what else has been going on with uh, you guys? So, sort of some new vehicles, not for you, but for, for Gary and myself. So, Gary, came to hear about uh, a bit of EV ownership now that you've a few miles under your belt. Well, my wife has females under her belt rather than me, and that, that's... Uh, well, what have you had to listen to? Let me put it that not way. Not metaphorically speaking. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking. What, what's, what's, what's <laughs> Better the feed- edit very, very quickly there, Andy. <laughs> what's, what's the feedback thing? Uh, we've done 800 miles, 94, 900 actually now, I think, uh, since I came back from holidays there. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Like I, I find myself actually, if you want to go to the shop, something like that there, just jump in it rather than the M4, because it's just so effortless. Yeah. Uh, just in that round. Um I'm like, as I've said many times, not a huge EV fan, you know, quite a petrolhead dinosaur, mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't see myself ever owning one, but kind of coming around it a little bit. I don't think I could ever have one as my only car. Yeah. You have to have something in the garage maybe for the weekend, but certainly for, for daily use, it's smooth, effortless, easy to run. I want to have to charge it once a week at home. Yeah. And um, everything else is well cooked, no, no complaints whatsoever. And what, what about the infotainment? Has that been all right? And the haptic stuff and all right? I know the, it's, it's all right. It's probably my only kind of gripe, and it could just be a personal thing. It is a bit sensitive. And uh, like all Volkswagens now, everything's done on the touchscreen. So when you're driving along and you're uh, trying to find the heater controls or something like that there, you're really having to kind of take your eye off the ball just to find it. Yeah, they've been so, given a hard, a hard time, not all the VAGs. I, I can understand why, yeah. but then my, my wife, like she drives it every day, she's... Probably quicker finding the stuff now than I am. So just you know, you get muscle memory. You know where it is, so where they kind of find the buttons and the, the settings that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not used it that much yet, but yeah. Other than that, it's all good. Like, um, and is your ID four? Is it rear drive, front drive? Is it always it's, it's rear drive? Rear drive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not that probably doesn't have enough power to really spin the wheels up or anything. I got there, but it is brisk enough. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's it's uh, one of the faster EVs out there. Uh, certainly not comparable to Tesla or the the Jaguar that you picked up. Uh, ID four. What about range then for the rear range? Drive has one? been about. I think when we got it, it was two twenty, and then the weather has killed a bit recently, and it's dropped down to about two hundred. But for her needs and the type of mileage that we do and the type of commutes that we have, it's absolutely fine. It's perfect. Two hundred. Two hundred is perfectly usable. Yeah, yeah. Um, two hundred kind of was the minimum in my head that I, I wanted. You know, I wouldn't go for much less than that, but. Uh, like in recent times, I have been reading about the the new battery technology this, that they've announced over the last couple of weeks, which is meant to double the range. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, the next kind of revolution in EVs. Look, we all we all like a bit of tech, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of appeal. But I've been driving a twin turbo V8 mm-hmm. daily now <laughs> for for a while. I filled it up uh, yesterday, uh, super unedited, and. The numbers very quickly clicked through my head. Unfortunately, they they were too easy to calculate. That uh, I sort of annoyed myself. So I put oh, it was ninety one quid, but ninety one quid to fill it, which was very rough numbers. Ninety quid to fill it, yeah. sixty liters. 
which is 13 gallons. And the trip, I had reset the trip. Why I had decided to reset the trip in a four-litre twin-turbo V8. Why, why they should... <laughs> Uh, they should code out a trip computers, <laughs> code out the uh, the trip everything, so you can't work out mm-hmm. what it costs to run because that is just ridiculous. But uh, say ninety quid, super sixty liters, and uh, thirteen gallons, and three hundred miles on the trip was what it was since it was the last fill, which works out as a as a pretty uh, sobering twenty three miles to the gallon, which. For an AMG is really, really good. Yeah. But for something, I've never run anything daily like that that is mm-hmm. that yeah. disgusting. Like the Lotus is doing 28 to the counts. <laughs> well, the M4 is doing 23 as well. So oh, is it really? It's exactly the same. Oh, flip, there yeah. you go. And I have this thing now, maybe it's just perception, but um, if you had a diesel before and you had a quick petrol in the house, uh, yeah. and with the cost of diesel out there, you know, you're obviously the diesel is more economical, but. It's worth that little bit of difference for the performance. Yeah. But if you've got an EV in the house yeah. and you're paying virtually nothing to run it, and then you've got a petrol and you're you're paying a fortune to run it, you've got this big chasm now, uh, kind of forming, and it's maybe becoming harder to justify mentally. So here here's the chasm, right? Mm-hmm. So I had I had uh, f- scared myself into this before my arse sat the seat after I paid for the fuel because <laughs> I was like, right, three hundred miles. Uh, uh, if you had a Model 3, which will do about very rough man miles, four, uh, four miles per kilowatt. Yeah. That's right, and that'd be 75 uh, uh, kilowatts. It would cost at 15p a kilowatt would be, uh, and someone will tell me oh, my maths is all wrong, but I think it was something in and around uh, 12 quid for the same distance, for the same mm-hmm. 300 miles that it cost me 90 that I had just pumped in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, even if that man mass up to 15 quid or something like that. Uh, there's still a hell of a difference, isn't there? There's still a hell of a difference. And even and even if 600 miles a month is 150 quid saving running the EV, plus I'm spending 32, £33 a month on road tax and it's mm-hmm. free. So there's 180 quid. That's not an, a small amount of money to me. So the head versus heart thing, isn't it? Because the head is saying logically the EV makes sense, but the heart likes the, the noise of the V8, the so, feel of the V8. So let let me let me take this thought process further. So this so this is all about my daily C uh, it's a S two five, so it's like the W two five shape, which is the sort of twenty fifteen to twenty twenty two shape of C class Mercedes estate car in uh, in dark blue sort of undercover except it's not because every time you start it up <laughs> birds fly out of trees and you know people <laughs> fall over and people spill stuff over themselves and things like that but uh it is actually quite a compromised car for it's it's quite hard so it has adaptive dampers and mm-hmm. even in comfort it's quite hard chris uh, rogan on on the forum he's actually selling his at the moment i think he's like chris do you find yours quite hard he says it's never been out of comfort comfort but in the same breath he says it's also been uh, one of the only cars that I've made, my, managed to get comfortably sideways over 100 miles an hour. Good man. So, let, uh, so my use case for that car is I have uh, Bab, I have a dog, so could use for... Uh, no mention take, of the wife. Well, wife, take, but taking the Bab take, uh, to the in-laws or mm-hmm. whatever, outlaws, whatever it is, and that sort of stuff. So... I am not using the C63 in the window that it's supposed to be used, you know, so it's it's not getting revved out. 
Yeah. And then, and even if you do rev it out after a couple of gears, you're in trouble. And this is a car that will, that you can tell will be super stable at Autobahn plus, plus, plus yeah. speeds. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that you could put on the cruise at 160 mile an hour in the mm-hmm. Autobahn <laughs> type of thing. And it has loads left afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm using it well outside that window. And see between that and putting fuel in, I was like, however, I've had the car enough time now. See, when you get it up to driving it above the seven tenths, that mm-hmm. actually steers really, really well. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic front end. It's quite heavy. It's 1.8 ton, but uh, steers really well. It goes exceptionally well. Uh, it is like a, it reminds me of a, the way it behaves is like an old GSI Vauxhall carton. Like it's a old, uh, it has that old school experience, except loads, loads more power and just obviously far more refined. But it is an absolute hooligan and uh, and it sounds great. And although I'm like, right, this is costing me a lot more than I really should be spending on a daily mm-hmm. driver, starting to get under my skin. Oh, really? Which is the problem mm-hmm. that we get ourselves Lots into, isn't it? Smiles yeah. per mouth. And, and so I'm like, mm, the odd time that I can enjoy it, I'm like, the more and more I drive it, the more and more I'm starting to appreciate what it's good at, mm-hmm. rather than being an old uh, miserly git going, yeah, it costs so much to run. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> See, like, somebody asked me about my X5, because it's, it's actually up for an MOT now at the end of the month, which, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not even talking about that. So, um... I've almost 30,000 miles on it now, and again, in my BMW, you're talking about trip computers and that there, there's two, there's, I think there's different ones that can vary, but there's the A-trip computer, which I've never reset since I've had it new, mm-hmm. and then the B-trip computer checks out, you know, the since your last fill and stuff like that there, but an A-trip computer, so in the 30,000 miles, I've averaged like 25 miles to the gallon on it. Wait, but sure, you had what, two ton plus? Two ton plus. Family bus. 400 horsepower quad turbo family bus. Three, three litre, four turbo. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Three litre quad turbo. Yeah. But again, you know, the, a fast, modern petrol isn't going to be a kick in the arse off it, per, or, um, efficiency-wise, economy-wise. So, no. you know, buying a diesel or buying a, a diesel SUV, certainly for, for economy, isn't isn't a thing. But... Where I don't have, you know, again, I listen to Gary talk and, and even you as well in the last few podcasts where, you, you know, where you can see that EVs are making sense. And, and I've, I've always been of the opinion that EVs do make sense. Mm-hmm. They make perfect sense to me. If I could find the right one that ticks the boxes that I need, mm-hmm. and the boxes I need right now is something that can tow, mm-hmm. is something that I can put, you know, all of us in. You know, we were just back from holidays there and uh, my boot was full. Like literally filled the capacity with the with the um, suitcases out there for me, the missus, and three kids. Mm-hmm. And there's not very much else I could get, barring like a transit van or something like that. There, like a larger transit van that's going to kind of fit the needs that I need right now. Do you know what not conversation we, we yeah. haven't had had with you, Ross? So, right, you're a B, you're a BMW man. Clearly, you've got an E46 M3. You don't know where I'm going with this at all, do you? Like, no idea. Your face, the, fe- the fear. <laughs> The fear and the tan, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, you've got E46 M3. You've got a couple of big X cars in the household. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the obvious 
uh, and, and and you're a man to carry this off because I because <laughs> I've I've uh, seen you in your swimming shorts. It, <laughs> it's it's a mini. It's a mini. It, no, 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 no. There's only there's only one Cooper thing, and, and I can see you in it, and I couldn't see many people in it. You, you have to be thinking of the uh, big IEX. Absolutely, one hundred percent not. One hundred percent not. Um, I, I could see you in one. Do you know but, but, something? Do you know what? It's all you. <laughs> I hate to sort of say this here. There's a couple of past me. And they're not as bad looking as they were. Ah, no, 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 no. Just, just don't. But uh, listeners to the Solar Scene podcast, mark, mark my words. Ross and Liam, ah, new just, host next time. I just called in for a wee service, and and do you know what they give me as a, a demonstrator? And do you know what <laughs> I come home with? And I asked, <laughs> do you know something? The, the thing that puts me off. Do you remember there was a few podcasts ago we were talking about um, Davy and Procar had one, and he was up valid and prepping that he was doing you know ceramic coating for the customer before it, and it was this. Kind of the color actually was really nice. It was like a silver stony grey with a flip in it. It was the M60. It was everything else. It was mm-hmm. like five and a half hundred horsepower. It was everything they do. But the price tag was fucking ludicrous. By the time this customer had this car, and with only a little bit of spec, six figures it, was it? Yeah, it was like a hundred and thirty odd thousand pounds. It's the BMW winner, isn't it? It's all gone. I got ridiculous. Well, Absolutely ridiculous. What money is it to get yourself into? Uh, well, they don't do an M50 anymore. Don't do that. So M40, so, X5. Then what yeah. money would get you into one of those? Bavarian are basically they're trying to take my M50 off me because it's low mileage. It's really, really well spec. Um, for me to change into anything similar to what I'm driving at the minute is going to be a hundred grand plus and twice the monthly rental at least what I'm paying at the minute. So, so the petrol cars are, yeah. So, it's, in fairness, the petrol cars aren't far behind what the EV uh, price is. Do you know something? They're really not at that kind of, you know, at that kind of thing. But then it comes down to the economy. It comes down to everything else, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it it really is just. It's at a point now where I have looked at changing cars, mm-hmm. but the price of a new car at the minute. They're, they're simply not worth it. Absolutely frightening. They're, they're, like a Defender, you know, I had looked at one of the new Defenders. Um, and for, it was the P400, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it, again, it was the seven-seater, which it's not that you need the seven-seaters, but you want the seven-seater because it gives you the bigger, mm-hmm. you know, load area in the back and that there. And with very little spec, you know, don't get me wrong, they come really well loaded as they are, but by the time you you put a few things on to, to kind of personalise it, you're over 100 grand for a Defender. Do you know what? I uh, did a video review of uh, New 90 Defender. Mm-hmm. Except I never got right. I have all the all the footage that's on the laptop. Never got round to actually edit it on YouTube. So you'll have to take my word for it. However, uh, apart from the fact that it was totally impractical as a family car, because I actually did I put I had to put the baby seat through the boot or something was like it that. Three door one. Yeah, yeah. So the nineties, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the the three door. Uh, but apart from that, a lovely thing. Fantastic. I love them. I love them. Uh, and again, um, just back from Dubai, there's loads of them. They're, they're actually starting to take over. So uh, a lot and, of the Emiratis. And, sh- and I shouldn't love it, by the way, but I really do. Yeah. Um, they, they, the Mercedes G-Wagon was the big thing over there for years and years and years. And now we're seeing more and more. And I have to say, the one thing I love about Dubai is 99% of stuff is petrol. Diesels for lorries only. And there's a few nutters in Dubai are driving Teslas for whatever crazy reason. When no, just, just to be different, there's no reason. Just to be different. They've, they've, petrol's 40 pence a litre over there. And they're actually complaining that petrol has went up to 40 pence a litre. It was like 10 or 15 pence a litre for years and years and mm-hmm. years. And it's more than double in price. And they're kicking off and they're, they're, they're giving out about everything. I really want to know what the pay per kilowatt are. <laughs> Who cares? At 40 oh, all the solar panels I have. Yeah. 
you, you could fill your C63 over there, Andy, for about 15 quid. Fantastic. And with like with 117 run. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get two petrol out in the, uh, the, the Arab states, where, where are you going to get it? Yeah, you know? absolutely. But yeah, so loads of new defenders, the big V8 ones, and you can hear them because, again, you know, the, the custom exhaust and everything on them yep. look fantastic, sound fantastic, but the price of them is, is, is horrendous. Unbelievable. Well, what's the space? We'll see. If, uh, <laughs> Definitely know, no IXs. See, yeah, you see, we, and that's what I'm saying about, well, I have a car that clearly I, I know is too expensive to run, but I'm starting to like it. And that's and that's the problem with, if all our purchases were logical, sure, we wouldn't have a form. Who, who would, we wouldn't care. No. You know, this, like, this is clearly a problem. Being that, identical cars. That we, that we, economic little boxes that get you made to be. Exactly. Like, yeah. this is a problem that we all have and we'll all have it forever. It'd be like clearly. I've seen Kevin and Perry where it was everybody in the family estate, everybody had Ford Focuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or uh, it was a Harry Potter. Everyone had uh, Vauxhall Cavaliers. And then and in the time that jumped up mm-hmm. 10, 10 years, they all had Vectors. Yeah. <laughs> which were a worse, worse replacement to the Cavalier. It's anyway. Good towing car. Yeah. <laughs> I think towing could be the issue here for you, really, isn't it? Because that's the kind of the primary thing that you will not find an EV that tows well. It's the EV Achilles heel, really, isn't it? What about a hybrid? But again, well, just something I hadn't really looked at the hybrids. Um, mm-hmm. They were just they weren't really appearing on the radar, so they weren't the only hybrid I had experience of, and and I really really wanted to like it was before I got. No, let me see what did I get. Was it after the Jag. It was it was either after the Jag or just before it. Um, I had looked at the Volvo T8, which was the hybrid one. XC90. Uh, XC90. Yep. Beautiful. Loved everything about it. Loved how it looked. Loved how it drove. It was in the air suspension. It was in the big wheels. Such a well-thought-out interior. Everything was fantastic about it, apart from a pissy four-cylinder engine. Just gutless or un- uninspiring. Uh, really uninspiring and was heavily reliant on the electric motor, the hybrid part of it, to bring it up to the 400 horsepower. It didn't feel like it was 400 horsepower. Um, it, it didn't drive like it, but that's because it was the gutless four-cylinder engine, which was really, really letting it down. And, and I think that's kind of my issue with hybrids is, is like, you know, we know we can make smaller engine cars more and more powerful. Yeah. But when you're wringing the guts out of it, <clears throat> excuse me, to... to to get some enjoyment, you know, there's something there's something that I really like about the smoothness of a five or six cylinder engine. You know, the the the, the Ford five cylinder engine sounds fantastic. The, the the smoothness of the BMW six cylinder, um, for me, and it could just be the thing that that you come to kind of appreciate about that kind of lazy power delivery. But when there's a smaller engine having to work harder to do the same work or to 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 give it even more performance. For me, it's kind of losing part of what makes those kind of cars appealing. But um, but yeah, it's, it's the tone is the issue for me at the minute. Well, let's. This is a good point, right? So my S two five C sixty three is four liter V eight. The previous mm-hmm. car was six point two, mm-hmm. normally aspirated. Right, thank God I wasn't. <laughs> haven't been running it because that would be seriously alcoholic. But the new car is four cylinder, and I think it's four cylinder. Uh, uh, turbo and likely uh, yeah electric motor just having a, a read there so it's plug-in hybrid wow you know and it's just it's just the way things are yeah. are going look it's the way like, with emissions rules that's why the 50d engine is not made anymore anyore anyway because mm-hmm. of you know the emissions and everything else they need to do 
times are moving on and, and they are changing. But um, it's why we don't get a. I don't think we get a new M3, Gary. Do you know that the new M3 M4 is manual? It's, uh, I don't think you can get a manual at it. I think you can actually. And America, maybe, or yes, one of the other states. exactly. So you yeah. can get it in the US, but you can't get it here. Because, uh, yes, it's e- because of emissions. Mm-hmm. Evo tested one, but they had to go to uh, San Francisco to do the road test of a manual one. Yep, I read that. Yep, yeah. that's where I'm getting my... Yeah. Uh, I like yourself read Evo magazine. I read... Uh, let's just pull this out of my arse. I've just read it from somewhere else. Yeah. Week, you <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change gears here, or should I say not change gears? Because we always love talking about EVs. I'm sorry. <clears> but... Have you seen the Caterham Project V or Project 5? Mm-hmm. As of 10 seconds ago, yes. Yeah. So so uh, this is a a proper full-bodied vehicle from Caterham, and it's going to be electric. And it looks awesome. We'll post a picture in the show notes, but there was an embargo up until very recently on, on this, I think, because it was in the front cover of Evo magazine. And it's quite striking looking. It has sort of... Baby uh, supercar uh, looks, it's more, is it maybe more, uh, it's not quite Lotus looks, it's more. As soon as I saw it, uh, Rocco had put a post up in the forum, and as soon as I saw it, to me it just looked like um, Porsche Cayman. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I got from it, it was like sort a, of bubbly a look front, at the front side angle, yeah. and it was just Porsche Cayman, which is no bad thing, I think they're. The, the Cayman GT4s are absolutely beautiful car. Yeah, so I think the, front, the front's quite Porsche-like, and then the side, definitely, there's a few McLaren hints there and a couple of other cars. But like, if you'd said to me, that's a Caterham, and I didn't have um, the visibility here of the, the number plate in the front of the badge, I wouldn't have a clue. Because so I've never known them to build anything like that. No, so, they, so they've been building the sort of Lotus 7-style cars yeah. for forever, and uh, this is just a total departure for them. But... Uh, Take a look. It looks incredible. It's a two. It's so it's it's a coupe. It's a proper coupe. Uh, it can be two seater or two plus two. It has what looks like a reasonable amount of refinement inside. I don't know if these are all renders or something like that. But like looking at the seats, you know, like Alcantara seats and Apple CarPlay and you know uh, AC and all all sorts of stuff that uh, they're not used to doing at Caterham. And it's electric, so you've got a 55-kilowatt-hour battery, 250-miles range, 140-mile-an-hour flat-out, four-and-a-half seconds or less to 60. I think it's rear wheel drive. But most importantly, I think... Now, this is very, very heavy for a Caterham. 1,190, or 1190 kilos, they're saying. Uh, but, you know, super light. For, oh, compared to modern stuff, and yeah. especially considering there's a battery in there. It's yeah. pretty good. Like eleven ninety or twelve hundred, I think, is equivalent to an EK Civic. Yeah, they were around that. So it's uh, superbly light. I think cost wise, they say starting from under eighty thousand. Hard to know in the f- uh, current f- environment, you know, because all the manufacturers are just putting price, price mm-hmm. increases through. So maybe when that comes to market, it'll be more than that. But certainly it's very interesting. And not the pie in the sky Tesla Roadster two hundred grand, and you'll get it maybe. No, it's, it's very interesting looking, and to me, as you say, it's got that junior supercar look in the same way that the Amira has. Yeah, totally. Well, that's what uh, really appeals to me, and obviously, this is designed as well as something that you could do track days in. Well, if you, looking at the charge times, so they're saying that you'll get uh, twenty to eighty percent charge in uh, in fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Now, I doubt you're going to do that with a three pin plug down at Kirkuson. <laughs> But there maybe it's maybe going to charge at three hundred and fifty kilowatt or something like that to, to 
to do that. So you could charge it up between uh, runs, I guess. But also something even really, really cool, the daily as well. That uh, Yeah, I'll say it. It's an EV that looks cool because you may be thinking it's going to be light as well. It's probably going to be drive. It's really the, well the, the thing that was the, the two plus one, so it's a three-seater. That, that's the bit that I'm kind of most interested in seeing how they do it. Yeah. Because it says two plus two is available as an option. So I wonder is that McLaren-style setup, you know, where it was one person sitting slightly further back. And in the middle? Three. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Well, and, and the McLaren's the other way around, isn't it? The driver sits forward, driver and, sits the, forward. and the two passengers sit uh, uh, back behind your yeah. shoulders. Yeah. When you see something like this, you kind of think like Tesla really missed a beat by not getting that sports car out, that... You know the two-door they were going to build? Well, that's it. That's it. We sure, you yeah. don't know what, you know, you know Musk's too busy uh, changing Twitter to X. <laughs> Have you seen, though, that there's a guy on uh, Instagram called Cyber Hooligan? Have you seen him? Or no. Seen, it's actually fantastic. So he's building his own Tesla Roadster. Mm-hmm. Um, had his own Tesla Model 3 Performance and bought it written off on mm-hmm. and has basically hand-fabricated this shell. Um, it's got all the performance. Give it a look and follow because what he's doing with it is is like the work level he's putting in stuff is phenomenal. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, sort of segue to Tesla. Tesla are going to facelift the Model Three and the Model Y next year. Project Highland, it's okay. called. But new headlight design and new tail light design and new back end design, but still that sort of faceless type of. They could have went far more. Of, uh, yeah, do you know, it, it's Tesla really have innovated this whole market. Like, you know, when people talk about uh, an EV car, Tesla's the first name and brand that comes to mind. And I think this is where they're probably missing an opportunity, where they're making it too soft and too faceless and too, you know, everyone blended into the same car. It, it really is a setting up almost where you can hire cars and you don't own them like it's literally a Tesla in the parking lot and you just go and pick up whatever one is there and fully charged and yep. take it home with you yeah. um, it's all kind of going down that route um, this, no this is this is much more like the thing so so there's actually a uh, superb YouTube video that uh, we're now looking at with some absolutely stunning race seats in this thing but this uh, yeah so this a 2 plus 1 as you say so, that, so the the rear passenger sits in the middle yeah, so it's it's not going down the McLaren uh, F1 or T50 route where you've got the the single driver in the middle and then two seats offset. It looks like there actually has two normal front seats but a central headrest in the back. So it's in the plus two configuration. They just add another space in the back somehow. Yeah. Oh, call back to Goodwood there, by the way. Uh, Dario Franchitti, Franchitti driving the T50 oh, yeah. up the hill. Oh, I saw it. The noise. The noise. <laughs> the noise is incredible. Unbelievable. See, that's yeah. what we're all... We're all about the noise. This... This won't have the noise, in fairness, uh, but mm-hmm. it is very, very in- look interesting. We need to see stuff like this because, really, although we're talking about EVs all the time, but to be honest, the type of EVs that we have are daily drivers, the kind of boring stuff that they do A to B, and we're far more interested. It's the reason why you have uh, the M4, it's the reason why you have an M- M3, the reason I have the, the Lotus, but, uh, yeah, this Caterham is interesting because it sort of lights the fire for... Vehicle enthusiasts, even though it may not be of the piston head variety. Yeah, you know, and again, it follows on where, you know, there's, again, a lot of podcasts and different things that we listen to where people think that EV is going to be a passing, you know, a, a passing fad almost where they think hydrogen and stuff like that is going to be more popular. But when you see that 
all these companies, the likes of Caterham, mm-hmm. who you would never in a million years would have imagined would be, you know, following down the EV route. Yeah. I think it's very clear to see that that you know really the days of of um, internal combustion engines really it's are they're, they're well it's, they have to survive they have to get off the times the only sad thing about this here as fantastic as it looks you know we're sitting here watching this video and it's really incredible inside and out um, the Caterham became known for you know the company to go to if you want to build it yourself yeah buy the kit. Yeah. Build the car, and even if you don't build it yourself, you can work on it and tinker at it. Like well, this, this is obviously very removed from you, that. You clip the two Duracells in at the end, and away you go. <laughs> <laughs> Get your iPhone charger. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's totally a different direction for the company. I can't imagine there'll be any kind of tinkering at one of these. You know, it looks like a junior supercar, and um, will probably cost you if you start tinkering at one. Yeah, well, like the whole modification thing with... Uh, with an EV, like really, what mm-hmm. what can you do at the moment? The aftermarket is it doesn't really exist. Yeah. No. apart from some sort of we plug in bits and pieces. That's you know. actually something that's interesting because you know when you look at at us growing up over the years, you know, you know, I can certainly remember when we first started driving, and you know, boys coming from the country, our first port port of call was make your way down the Ormer Road and go and see the wee fat boy Davy from Procar, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. You know, that, that's where... Some trouble. <laughs> but we were buying things as diverse as Lauren Springs, as whales, as LED washer jets, as, as every passing fad that was going, we were picking them up. You built a, a, um, you built a form off the back of car modifications. 100%, of, yeah. Of people shooting cars. What are they, like, it's going to be overclocking for, for, you know, like you do your PCs, is it? What you, you, can we be doing with... Well, you look at big Pete's Tesla, you can still do a bit. You can still yeah. lower them, change the wheels, add a bit of kit, but certainly there's no exhaust mods, there's no engine mods. If you are lowering it, imagine it'll take a lot more thought than just finding a, a set of springs now because of the weight of batteries and where the okay. centre of gravity is. You the might bar- have a detrimental impact. I think the barrier to entry is much higher at yeah. the moment, unless a whole scene appears with it. But certainly at the moment, there doesn't seem to be that... Like, uh, not only that... Do EVs driving past? You know, there's there's not going to be yeah. kids flocking around like there would be a Ferrari no, no. or something like that. Uh, but like I, I think a modification market will go down the route that France did twenty years ago, where you couldn't tune an engine because of legislation, but you mm-hmm. could do whatever you want for body kits, wheels, yeah, all there, but just not touch the, uh, anything mechanical on the car. The only positive point is that this could lead to the end or, or the death knell for for Ricky Diesels. Yeah, well. That's no bad thing. Or Ricky That's EV right. instead. <laughs> Ricky EV. <laughs> well, look, R- R- Ricky uh, diesels, I I don't understand the 306 thing because 306 D turbos, for example, are worth so much money. It would be far better to go and buy a GTI 6, mm-hmm. for example, which is a far better, which is actually a really good car. Really good car. You know, uh, same sort of money as a, but. You know what's something that becomes so popular and then years later they try and create something new to emulate yeah. it? So you've you've got the thing in your van that does all the engine noise is not there. So maybe in fifty years you'll buy an EV and you buy a smoke generator (laughs) for the back of it. Well, does does your sound generator in your van do like a poo poo diesel? (laughs) You you literally you can put the guys who were putting them on were saying that some EV cars they are putting them onto it just to give them an engine noise, fake as it is. There you go. Um, Download uh, Rake Software two (laughs) point one. Well, look, that's about all being discussed. You know, what noise sh- should EVs make noise? Should EVs have 
automatic or manual gearboxes, that sort of stuff. You know, the, to try and well, bring. Wasn't the Porsche? Didn't the Porsche have uh, a two-speed gearbox in mm-hmm. there? Yes, it has a two, but it's not. You know, yes, not, yes, a, yes, not, not a not a first a, and a second. I and the stir the porridge proper type of box. You know, yeah, it was yeah. just. Uh, two speed on the back axle or something mm-hmm. something like that it's a tricky one because you know the, the, the question of noise is like it's one of the main downsides of an EV I guess if you're a car enthusiast and you're thinking about one um, it's always going to be effect noise you know that it has to be synthetic for it to, mm-hmm. to make any sense but um, if you're an enthusiast you probably don't want the synthetic noise so it's catch 22 I'm going to switch gears again because uh one, we love the noise of cars, so I'm thinking about the Supercar Sunday that's on mm-hmm. this weekend. Oh, yes. It's actually called the Supercar Extravaganza now because it's over. It's over. It is over two days, and it has been for a while. But this is making me think. Well, look, this is actually what we're all really about, and it's just uh, certainly like poster cars, Astons, Lambos, Ferraris, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. All that stuff is going to uh, the Northwest 200 Pits on Saturday, and on Sunday as well, this week, down at Bishop's Court. So I would highly recommend it. I am taking the Lotus, so you'll see me there on track. I'll actually also be on the mic talking to some drivers. I have a sneaky peek at some of the stuff that's coming, which I don't know if I'm allowed to share or not, but I'm going to sort of give you an idea. Anyway, Ross is giving me a second. Like, oh, yeah. Anyway, who cares? Who, no, <laughs> no one listens it's, to it's this. It's darn it, Apex. I, I, I'll sort of darn it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> So I'll, I'll give you a, a rough idea, but like uh, Marshallago 720S, uh, GTRs, uh, Mustangs, Aventadors, GT2s and GT3s, uh, uh, the Julia Quadrifoglio, but the oh, GTAM yes, version. Yes, yes. Um, Any Carlton's? Uh, no, no, no GSI Carlton's <sighs> or um, I think you get a diesel Carlton actually as well, couldn't you? Uh, Aventador R8. Um, <clears throat> a seven six five LT, yeah. uh, f- oh, some really awesome fesses, you know, SF nineties, four eighty eight GTB, eight twelves, F twelves, M five M fives, Hurricanes, Aventadors, as I said. You, you name all, it basically. All just who's who of supercars. All sorts of stuff. Uh, they have, I think, well over a hundred cars booked, and there'll be guys turning up on yeah. the day, you know. So. They're doing passenger runs. It's all for charity. It's all for the air ambulance. It's all mm-hmm. for a great cause. So it's... Yeah, again, I was speaking to a few of the guys who I know are going down to it and a few of the guys who are doing the passenger runs. Um, they're all really looking forward to it because it, it really is. It's, the, it's an opportunity for those cars to get used to seven or eight tenths of their ability mm-hmm. legally because they're going to do it. The thing... Do you remember last year, though, Andy, we heard cars going backwards and forwards those new Ferraris, the pet particular filter, I think we spoke to it after the time, we certainly spoke to it on the day, how quiet they were going past. Yeah. Like, it, it was it was the most disappointing thing about it because some of these here were like quarter of a million pound <coughs> epic supercars mm-hmm. that were as quiet as mice going down. They were going down at warp speed, but it, it, it's, again, we all talk about the sounds, we all talk about this, that and the other. I love when Matt Watson from Carwow does his, you know, rev up. Every car is self-limited. Yeah, um, and the PPFs have killed the sound out of nice cars. Yeah, uh, un- unfortunately, so fun of last year. So I was out in an SF ninety last mm-hmm. year and did one sixty eight down the street. That's Pass. mental. And there was there was there was loads more in it. Loads I, more in it. Loads more in it. So the sort of stuff that's that's there is just 
absolutely uh, incredible. But the other thing is, look, this is all for the air ambulance. So yeah. I think that uh, Bishop's Court's been uh, supplied to run the event. So as much of what is taken at the gate and all the rest... It's all been given to it. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think a charity that costs... Cost five six thousand pound a day to run that thing. To you know, in terms of fundraising targets, to, to run the air ambulance, and uh, certainly, you read some of the stories about the the effect mm-hmm. that it has had on families' lives. Like it's just an essential service. So absolutely. So we we really can't uh, do enough to support them. So uh, the supercars is only part of it. Go for the supercars, but also go there f- to support the air ambulance, which which. We're 100% behind. Absolutely. <coughs> yeah, I'm so, going to take a, a spin down on the Sunday. Um, didn't get last year. We went the year before. And I remember going down to Bishop's Court and standing at the entrance. And a few of the supercars started pulling in. And I thought, I'll, I'll snap a few picks. And then there was another one, another, another, another. This, this went on. I couldn't believe the sheer volume of supercars that appeared there. Yeah. And then obviously on like a, a static show, you get to listen to them hanging around the track and hearing the V8s and the V12s, a full chat. Well, like, uh, as as excited as we are to see the cars, I know now because I'm bringing mine along with uh, my pretend supercar along with the, the real ones. But, you know, you can see the owners are just as excited as well about getting people out to see it. And, it's, you know, uh, and, and there to support their ambulance, which is just uh, such such an important thing. It, it really is. And, it, and it's not funded in any other way apart from. Uh, pure donations, yep, not pure donations. Government supported and like that. So, so we we need to do it. People, we need to get get well, out I think there. They, they had a very good figure last year and the year before. So, hopefully, top it again. Yeah, let's just hope we get the weather. Yep. Um, we'll uh, you'll certainly see the lotus out on part, track. Part of um, whilst we obviously do want good weather, a wee skiffle of rain wouldn't be the worst thing because seeing some of them squirting and and giving it a bit of beans going sideways. Bit of sidewards action. A bit of sideways action. Might, always might, might be a bit of sideways action could be available. Do you know something that you're talking? About? So again, my my YouTube is is full of um, Nurburgring videos, Nurburgring mm-hmm. crashes and things and whatever else, and it keeps coming up every now and then. Video of you drifting, going you know up the the corner in, in the Nurburgring. Uh huh. Oh, in the in the uh, E three three five D. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it keeps flashes up my thing every now and then. And do you know something? There's, like, I couldn't find that video if you asked me to because it's it's buried in a in a montage yeah, of it's buried of in a montage mm-hmm. and I said and and I couldn't tell you what, what what one was in but I was watching something last night and I was footing around the kitchen doing whatever else and the TV was on the background and I was like fuck there's Cooper <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> for the rack there's there's nothing like a wee bit of a wee bit of a blip I know I, I, you, uh, we, they sort of start to frown on that uh, the Nurburgring now they're getting yeah. the, they're a lot stricter they're a, tell me so. Um, how easy does the Lotus go out? Uh, absolutely fine. It has a mechanical diff. So, 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 so you, yeah. can, you can feather it and you can play with it. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. And it's because it's supercharged and all the rest. It makes yeah. it really easy. to Just very linear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's mid-engine, does make it a wee bit more uh, snappy. Mm-hmm. A bit short wheelbase too, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. some cars. But to be honest, it's fairly, it's fairly controllable. Yeah, it's yeah. controllable. Yeah, yeah. So, no, should we... Uh, the the uh, the other thing that that blue monster the the C sixty three it just I was going to say you take out the big long mark and it probably feels like you've got a bit of a, a fortnight to catch it. <laughs> it it has it's just a huge pendulum of the thing yeah. like it's yeah. and and it would pull the back tires off itself in the lap yeah no problem it would be, it would be a smoke monster like. wow 
So it's and it's just it's just made for it. Like it's just <clears> great crack. But uh, anyway, sure, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. We'll all be very sensible, all, all, as always. So looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of uh, shows, I did enjoy getting to the Eurotreffen show. Yeah, that uh, the Club GTI ran. Oh, phenomenal again. Four or five weeks ago now, mm-hmm. but um, again, they just and. and uh, I put the car in the show, first time I put the car in. Mm-hmm. And one thing I forgot about shows, and like, I don't like cleaning cars at the best of times, <laughs> right? But I I was uh, parked up beside this immaculate Mark II from the south, and I'm like, and this guy just is mint, is mint away. And I had, oh, I had washed the car before, I com- like, I'd made a, I had made a semblance of an effort. You had. Don't get me wrong. You had. The car was looking more than presentable. And, and he was out, and I was like, I have a ten. I have a jar of your quick detailer yeah, in, in the boot yeah. here, and uh, a couple of microfibers, and I'm like, and I have glass cleaner. It's like, right, I'm gonna clean this thing, and I started cleaning and cleaning, and see when you see everyone else at it too, and everyone's ha- there's people having a bit of chat and all the rest, and I'm like, actually, this room, this takes me back twenty years mm-hmm, to doing mm-hmm. shows, and you know, and why we love them. Everyone's just into the same thing yeah. and having a bit of crack, and it doesn't matter what you have or what you're there in mm-hmm. or. Uh, I was drooling around Nigel's uh, club sport, which I couldn't remember the name of in the last oh, we podcast. Got you and I got slated. People were screaming, it's a fucking club sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, TCR I mentioned, but yeah, the club sport was and, uh, lovely. Those wing back seats and all that. That, that, was, a, that was a beautiful car. But uh, a, f- a fantastic event by those guys. Uh, there's also the... JPCC NI show that's on this weekend as well in the Titanic Exhibition mm-hmm. Center. So is that all weekend? It's on the Sunday. Sunday yeah, just gonna be a so if you wanted to see both, you could go and see you the c- super. You could do it. Yeah, I could. You could go to the supercars in Port Rush or at the sorry at the Northwest Two Hundred Pits between Port Rush and Port Stewart on Saturday. I think they're there between ten and two, or go to Bishop's Court ten o'clock on. Sunday, but yes, you could mm-hmm. do two. You could do both. You could go to you go yeah. to Belfast for a couple of hours, then you come to Bishop's Court for a couple of hours, or vice versa. Yeah. Probably yeah. you could probably do it the other way around. Actually, be the way to the way to go go to the uh, Bishop's Court first. So it's actually a pretty good weekend for spot for choice. Yes, yeah, spot mm-hmm. for choice on uh, the old uh, show front. So that's this weekend's plans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the Lotus Lease uh, Red 220. My, my dad took it to stock at his place recently, so decided on uh, Sunday past year I would take it for a spin. Have never been in, in the lease before, or an Exige, or I think any kind of Lotus. You never, you know, never my, my Exige? Or no, my no, I, I, I was at an event that you were at as well, but I think I was with Phil in his Alpha. Uh-huh. We were behind you. Yeah, watched you squirming your way up the road, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, never actually sat in it. Um, never been in any of these, you know. But obviously, like if, if you're into cars, their their reputation, like you don't have to say anything about them. Really, they're so well known. So no, I just uh, I went up to my folks, saw this car, sat and just said, "Have to take out for a spin." You know, I've never been in one, so quite uh, quite revvy. It took a while to get kind of acclimatized to you know when you've like even just climbing in and out of it. Well, I've been used to an M4 for the last while, um, but. To get spin up the road, kind of good mixture of straight A roads and then on the B road, which was really nice and twisty and smooth, and then back on the A road. Um, really, really impressed with it. Quite raw and noisy. Like obviously, I, I couldn't imagine 
my age now, you live on a phone as a daily. Mm-hmm. I don't know who would live with one as a daily, but um, as a weekend car, I'm sure it would be a tremendous one. And that was a 220, so I can only imagine what the higher power ones are like. They get revved out really well, plenty of poke in it. Um, I can imagine, like, as a track car, they must be fantastic. Yeah, they're so light yeah. and so nimble. Well, that's the feeling. It felt so planted in the road, yet so direct and sharp. Every, you know, every movement was just felt so, like, uh, it reacted so quick to absolutely everything. And over the last few years, I haven't driven anything that light. Like, I can't even remember the last time I had a car that I full stop, but everything I've been driving has been probably quite heavy and medium-sized cars and turbocharged and all there. So it was uh, very different, but enjoyable. Yeah, so you were uh, you had the first experience of climbing over the monster sill. The monster sill. Was, and then was also, the roof on when you got in? The roof was on. It had rained all night, so the, there was a big puddle kind of sagging in the middle of the oh, roof. And I thought as soon as I take <laughs> off, I bet yes, it's going to come in the side. Yeah. And suck me, but frankly, didn't. Um, also, you've got that kind of, um, there's a, a lock for the door, but it's like a big kind of hinge thing that pokes out. Yeah. And I whacked my arm off that get <laughs> That was really sore. Ooh. But Nasty. that's that's Lotus life. I assume if you buy one of those, you know what you're getting. Look, you just get uh, you just get used to hopping yeah. in. Uh, see, with the roof off, it's a, it's a lot better to get, easier yeah, to get I'm into. Sure. But obviously, get them was actually okay. It was getting out. What's the problem? Yes. Yeah, uh, you sort of you have to it's trying like, to maneuver. Does the head go first or does the leg go first? Where do I put my hand here to support my body with? As I have to yeah. abs- explode myself out, literally out <laughs> onto the pavement. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, uh, everyone getting in and out of the exes if they weren't used to it. You know, they're you know they're, they're dinging something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm like, it's not. It's it's like a rite of passage hopping into one now. Uh, uh, Chris T.I. and RMS has got yep. a lovely uh, yellow oh, final, there, final yes. edition one he uh, treated in his uh, rid of his three-wheeler his three-wheeler Morgan is away and uh, those so that's a, that's an S3 Gary that you have so, yeah, yeah. Which, so one of the later cars I think they were sort of 20 was it when did they come out 2012 2013 something like that there, yeah quite fresh looking you know not like the the first series ones yeah you know, it just has enough little aesthetic touches that it could pass away as a more modern car what year was the one you were in do you know uh i, I don't know actually no i literally picked up the keys and jumped in i just hopped hopped <laughs> in didn't but ask too many questions certainly as lotus uh even well before gd bought them over their their quality just went through the roof like it's a much yeah. a much better now don't get me wrong they still have their issues but that uh, Toyota supercharged engine is bulletproof. Yeah. Uh, they've got the gear change. Should have been pretty sweet in that. Yeah, it was, yeah. As, it was as, as well, slick. which it was probably the best of the cable shift mm-hmm. they've done. Um, the, uh, generally, the fit and finish and everything else was, you know, they had just nailed it. Probably still had like a clarion uh, radio in it or something like it that. It did, had the old kind of head unit. Um, funny, I, I have read recently, I think it was about a month ago, that some company has now brought out a resto mod, a lease. Mm-hmm. And it's all modernized inside and LED headlights and all the extra works. And uh, I think Evo test drove it. And yes, they, they it did. Was amazing. They did, yeah, yeah. But big money, I think it was over 100 grand, oh, wasn't yeah. it? To do Easy the, money. To do yeah. the resto. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, there's a couple of photos. The one there, I'll, I'll stick them up. In yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, Look, show the one you were in was in it was in red, and that's mm-hmm. it's that's beautiful. Beautiful. And there's a guy in RMS who has just got a red series two as well, uh, Elise, and just just a wonderful thing. Like if I um, decided, you know what, I can't afford to keep the Amira or something like that. Yeah, it's not really possible. Happen? I, I would, I would love an Elise, and, and they're, they're not crazy money, you know, for uh, one of the Western powered ones. Like, imagine if you wanted a, a fun car flow again, something kind of breakable, so to speak, that you can tinker at. They're, they're a really good choice. Yeah, the price of them was weird. Like, it's sort of they're all, all of them are between like twenty and thirty five grand for any like a twenty five year old one. Mm-hmm. 
in really good condition will yeah. be nearly as much as a five-year-old one, you know. Wow. You know, just because and they're just uh, super sought after now that they're they're all gone. Doesn't uh, Nick of the Forum, he has a Honda engine in his one, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a... Uh, K20, K20, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It's a, it's a sharpie car. Yeah, it's yeah. And, and do you know something? Because do you remember he, every now and then, like, you would put up photographs and when he takes some travels, mm-hmm. like, he's been all over the place in his... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's seen some action. I, I've been around uh, Mandelo with him actually in his uh, back when it was, I think back when it was running his K, the K series. Yeah, you know before it had the uh, conversion. Yeah, but but that's it. There's there's quite quite a few people when you when I would go to track days and you know they would come on a S two exige or something like that and oh how long have you had this and you know most people just oh, I've had it for two years three years and you know, like, I've had it for seventeen years you know that's the sort mm. of yeah. a car you can keep for for life and they are quite diminutive you can fit them in a small garage they mm-hmm. don't yeah. they don't cost much to run they're cheap to service mm-hmm. and, and all the rest yeah. you know they don't have a big footprint like in any shape or form no no like and they're very easy on consumables a lot of the old stuff so yeah. Vox all parts and bits and pieces there, too was there an American company took the the Lays platform and put some big stupid engine on it again. Was oh, that was Hennessy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was. Built yeah. one of the fastest cars you can buy. Yeah. I think. Uh, Hennessy Viper or Venom or something. Oh, I can't even remember, but something. I just remember there was one of the American companies basically took the... Yeah, they stretched uh, it. Stretched it was um, Shelby, I think, built it. Ah, uh, okay. I know your guy, uh, Sings and Aerosmith, has one. You always see photos oh, of him. Oh, Tyler. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, well, I think that's they're per- probably destroying what a good Lotus <laughs> really uh, is, to be honest. Well, that, uh, and uh, you know, I I absolutely love them. So, but you get a running Exige, uh, supercharged Exiges uh, like, yeah. like I had was you know they're, they're just I do awesome. love the look of Exige even more than the Elise, although yeah. I've never been in one, but can only imagine it's it's every bit as good. It's an absolute crying shame that you weren't out in because uh, you're out in my GT4, but you weren't out yep. in the not uh, the blue Exige uh, Exige, and it, it was fantastic looking car. I just remember. Yeah. Like, thank God, really, really lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like with the roof off, Quite with unique. the red leather and all, yeah. it was very striking, Beautiful. yeah. But uh, awesome. Well, look, uh, that's that's what we should be talking about. First, f- peeling off the Lotus Virginity. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you, you driven it? Yeah, least? there was um, a cousin of mine, uh, now from Scotland, and... He came over and just decided... You need WD-40 you to fit into one, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a wee bit... Look, I, I'm carrying a wee bit of Dubai weight right now. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so he took his over from Scotland and, and like, loaded up him uh, and our cousin Michelle. They came over with all their luggage everything else, and I don't know where they crammed it into mm-hmm. it, but he came over for, like, a month at a time, and then he and I... I had... Uh, what did I have at the time? Did I have the MR? I can't... I had... It might have been the MR2 I had at the time, but we went out on them and... and uh, he drove the MR2 and I drove the, the Lotus back and it was just like, holy shit. Because it was um, at that stage when we were living further back up the road home and uh, driving up over the Spelga, up over mm-hmm. the Spelga mm-hmm. and that there. And it was just like, holy shit, what a car this is. It was just, it was a fin- It was just, again, it's one of those ones that you just remember driving because they're not the fastest car. No. But how they put everything together in, in the package that literally is point and shoot. And how uh, connected you feel when you're on it. Connected, yeah. that, that's that's the word I was looking for. You just yeah. feel like you're part of the car and it's just yeah. following every tiny wee... Camber in the road and all everything. the rest. Yeah. yeah, so a phenomenal car. Yeah, they are... Uh, Although their reputation precedes them. And you know, being out in that one actually kind of got me thinking then, like what other cars have I not been in that I really should have been in yeah you know as a as a car nut and as mm-hmm. a, anyone else who's car nuts I'm sure that you've got a, a short list of things you'd love to try or at least get out for an hour or someday in it 
Yeah, like it, it's also a, a lesson in how modern cars have got so fat and oh, yeah. overweight yeah. And, yeah. and all the rest. Whereas, like, part of the enjoyment of something like an Elise is the constraint. You only have so much horsepower, but you have you, you don't have all your toys. You don't have Mm-mm. all your driver aids. You don't have, uh, or you, nor do you need climate control or adaptive yeah. cruise control or any of that crap. You just you just need it's a manual like a gearbox. It's kind of padded safety net around you all the time. You know, when you take it off, it's just amazing the kind of sensations that you get. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like taking off the big baggy tracksuit and putting a negligee on. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't know what sort of checks you've been out with. <laughs> it's a usual choose night probably. It's the way uh, we Lotus owners roll, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's that's wonderful. Ross, is, so apart from, uh, that's that a good point to pick up. Is there any other cars that, you've, that someone's handed the keys off and you've come back and went, that was... Mind blowing. Now, I mentioned earlier on for me, it was driving uh, that SF90. Mm-hmm. That was totally recalibrated at what I thought uh, a car could what do. A car could do. Yeah. It, and like that, either you've owned or been out in. Or yeah. <clears throat> so, again, one of my first jobs after I left school, so my mates all went up to university, and uh, university wasn't for me. I, I got a job at Sea Truck Ferries in Warren Point. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because that was the, the time of the real boom of the Jap cars coming in. So we were taking in cars from England that were being sold over here all the time. And that was really back to late 90s, early 2000s. So that was that was when like the Subaru Impresas, the, the, the P1s, the STIs, things like that were coming in. And uh, I can remember one of the guys who, who had bought one of the cars... Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what model it was. It was a two-door Impreza, the, the classic shape one, but it had like this active diff controller in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so from like what, a Japanese import STA, Japanese Type import, RA or some whatever random it was, name, and yep. bit of tuning, nice set of brakes on it, properly set up. Uh, I remember it was like the the air scoop in the roof and stuff. Yeah, like, so yeah, it yeah. was it was a really it was fucking it was such a cool looking car. So it was and the flat four burble, just everything was amazing about it. But where Sea Truck Ferries is a warm point, uh, there's the big roundabout at the Narrowwater Castle. It takes up to Morgan Cars, up those back roads, up around mm-hmm. Burn and stuff like that there. And he took me up those roads. Uh, it was a lorry driver, Jim. And uh, it was just, again, it was just, he was driving like he was on a stage. Mm-hmm. And I had never been in a car that, like, the car I owned at that time was a uh, Vauxhall Astra G. It was... Fucking, you know, 75 horsepower of madness, 1.6. A weapon. Had this big wing. Do you know something? I'm, I'll send you photographs of it because I found it not that long ago and stuck it up on Instagram and people were pissing themselves at it. Oh, get this get this in the but thread on the forum we'll after the, the show. Yeah, yeah. But Evo 6 Bonavent cut into this DTM oh. wing. She was the rod, so it was. Yeah. But Jim took me out in this Impreza and I had never been in something that handled like it, that gripped the road at it. And then after he took me out and, and like literally showed me what a car could do, then we went in, he flicked the yaw controller, the, the diff control back, and was doing four-wheel donuts in, in C-Truck's big yard. And it was just, that's when my sort of love for, for classic Impresas fell in. And it was just, so so yeah, there, there's, been a, there's been a few cars I've never been lucky enough to own, but cars that, again, go back to what you were saying just there, like when you take away the safety roll cage, when you take away the... You know the the safety net of of launch control of of ABS of of everything else. When you dial it back to what a car could do, mm-hmm. that was maybe only three hundred and twenty three hundred thirty horsepower. Which you know modern three three five diesels have got more horsepower on yeah. paper than that there. Yeah. But 
when it's a car that could use what it had better than you know those modern cars can do the same thing that's why you know and, and i know that as we're probably all getting older we're looking back at things with with the rose tinted glasses but i think that we were really really lucky to have grown up and experienced the cars in our day that you know the max power cruises the stuff like that there that was happening the cumber the cumber raceways mm-hmm. the cumber 500s the stuff that we got to experience when cars in my opinion were cars like don't get me wrong like we'll go back to the drag day at bishop's court like we both saw that day about how easy it is for some of those other cars when you look at the m5s when you look at the porsche 911s things with launch control that you literally don't have to do anything yep. other than one foot in the brake, one foot in the accelerator, and it's literally who can watch a clock faster. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's awesome. Yes, it's amazing. But when you take it back a wee bit to what, when things were manually controlled, when you were having to use a wee bit of, of your throttle input, when you're, when you're diffing a car around the corner, when, you know, when it's not doing everything for you, so, um, so yeah, so, some of my That's things nothing were... Nothing to do with the GR Yaris. Nothing to do uh, with the GR Yaris, but you know, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ass-whipping an A46 M3. No, definitely not. But, but yeah, that, that, so, so a classic Impreza for me was, was, you know, a car that I would love to have owned um, just because of what they were able to do. So, and, uh, but what about if something that you've been handed the keys for and you've driven and it's just totally shocked you? Like, that, like really... Impre- that you weren't expecting to be in- impressed in, um, guy. You've driven loads of stuff. Yeah. Found it, so the the Elise has obviously impressed you. It impressed me. Yeah, um, there was a lot of stuff. Probably at same late teens, early twenties. You around that period when you know you had Causey's out and E forty six M threes and stepping into one of them. Have never driven anything quicker than maybe a one point four Civic. Yeah. Suddenly felt like a rocket. Even though nowadays you know they're they're not really fast at all compared to modern cars. In recent years, I. Uh, the R35 GTR blew me away, although I wouldn't say it was unexpected because, you know, the reviews were speaking for themselves at the time. But I drove one of them about a year after they came out. Mm-hmm. And even kind of knowing that this is going to be a quick car, it just recalibrated for me how fast cars can accelerate and the grip and everything else. Um, after that, it's hard to know. Um, I would say, actually, that run that you took me in, the Tesla Performance, mm. Tesla S Performance. Oh, yeah, like that, that was really, a Model 3, yeah. My mind on the loop, yeah. <laughs> so how quick something. an EV car can accelerate at, at you know, with no drama, no noise, yeah, just pin you to the seat. Uh, and hadn't been on a petrol car that's done that in the same way, no, yeah. Big Pete, when he threw me the keys of his Tesla as well, and and I was trying to think about something, you know, something back in the day, but I'm with Gary, there's nothing I've ever driven. And again, like my father-in-law, he used to have one of the W12 Bentleys. Mm-hmm. And again, phenomenal performance, the sound, everything else. But I've never, ever driven anything myself that shocked me in the way that, that Tesla did mm-hmm. um, of Pete's that Model 3 performance. And it was just, it was that initial acceleration. I, I don't know what internal combustion car could give you the same. I said, I've been out in Warren's McLaren's before mm-hmm. and they were warped pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But your first experience of a Tesla launching that zero to 60 in three and a half and four seconds. Well, funny enough, you mentioned Warren. I, I remember driving his M4, his white M4, yeah, just after, M4. and it was just, what, was it 2013, 2014, just when they had launched it. And I remember being, I was like, how, how can the BMW went from the E92 V8 f- small motor, four litre, 
to this, the new car is so, so much quicker. Like, I'm yeah. hugely impressed mm-hmm. by the... Yeah. Uh, and it's still, it's still a fast car today. Oh, yeah. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. The problem now is hatchbacks are 350 horsepower. And we're, we, we're all sitting at this table. We've probably all had daily drivers that are between 400 500 horsepower. So the bar is set very high now for stuff that will actually really blow you away. Oh, yeah. Performance. It needs to be up around 800 horsepower, probably, to scare yeah. you. And, um, you know, there's a very small kind of uh, selection of cars that will do that. So I think in recent years... I mean, shock by anything other than, as I say, the unexpected shock of a, an electric car like a Tesla. Do mm-hmm. what can do. Do, do you know what unexpected one I had uh, recently enough? Um, driving Renaissance S2000. Mm-hmm. Again, I've never driven... I, I think we did speak about it in, on a previous podcast, but I've never driven something with a gearbox that just worked so like intuitively. Is that yeah. there? Like, it, it's not just the short shift. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the VTEC. It was just... Again, a combination of everything because an S2000 isn't the fastest thing in the world by any stretch of imagination, but there was just something about the drive of it where you could really feel the back wheels pushing you, you could mm-hmm. feel the VTEC work, and you could feel... It's perfect positioned. The gearbox, the tunnel's just, a little bit high in yeah, your hands. Just, yeah. just where it was yeah. sitting. There was, there was just something, uh, and I got out of it and going, what a fucking splendid car. Yeah, They're brilliant. Like me and that, me, we both had ones mm-hmm. at various stages. Um and something I've often wondered now, I think back to when they came out, the reviews were not amazing, but anyone who's owned one seems to have loved them. You yeah. know, and they, you look back on them and I've driven a couple actually in recent years uh, and been very impressed with them and always wonder why they didn't go down better. You mm-hmm. know, they, the Boxster was always favoured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my wife drove one for about three and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, absolutely loved it. Fantastic engine. Yeah. And it was great. We both really enjoyed it. Forged, doesn't it? And reprinted and all that there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, although, as you said, I didn't think it was th- that outright fast, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. But just as, as something just for enjoyment. Yeah. With the top and down, you could just high rev, down. yeah, high revving. And I always thought the car that just needs a supercharger. Mm. And it would just keep the engine kind of delivery the same, but to give you that bit of power that you need for it. So speaking of supercharging and things that surprised me, one of the most surprising things, and I maybe talk, touched on the podcast before, was... When Pablo on the forum, he had a VX220 mm-hmm. and was able to dra- drive it before and after he supercharged it in his own garage. <laughs> he done it in the driveway, didn't he? Yeah, uh, done the driveway. And Pablo I does everything in the driveway. Yeah, <laughs> mightily <laughs> impressed. Mightily impressed. Just the, uh, because, to be honest, sometimes now it's different now with just plug-in tuning. But back in the day when it was, you know, it was uh, building engines and all the rest. Sometimes tuning stuff could be a real disappointment. So mm-hmm. I said, "Oh yeah, mate, that's four hundred brake." And then you drive it. Is it real? Well, the, 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 a bit disappointing, you know, where uh-huh. that was a real step change. In remember the Max Power articles? And it used to be a guy of a Corsa with a Kenyan filter. <laughs> and then at the end, they had to estimate their horsepower. They'd always put it in a little box at the end of the article. <laughs> a big 400 horsepower. <laughs> Not the 16, two seconds. All exactly. Kind of stuff. So, so, stuff, so stuff like that there, just sort of, you know, uh, well, uh, nowadays, though, like I think the plug-in map for my C63 gets you an extra 130 horse, 120 yeah, horse or something. Yeah. You get 600 horse straight away. isn't it? Which is just... You can literally nonsense. download a stage one kind of map and just put it on for half an hour. There you yep. go. So easy. I'm talking about Max Power. Funny, it flashed up. There was um, Max Power done a reunion show this uh-huh. weekend over in England and it looked amazing. So it did. Like, um, Peugeot Cos uh-huh. had like seven, eight of their, of their old fleet uh-huh. all down at it. Charisma had cars at it. There was ex-Readers cars at it. Um, I think... I keep talking about it. 
I think there is a revival coming along. Um, I bet they weren't interviewing girls the same way as they used to. Mm, I think there was a few of them. <laughs> but you can get sued for all yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's it's it just looks phenomenal. So I <laughs> I think they're they're planning the reunion for next year already, and they're getting more and more. Even if the foreign companies mm-hmm. who used to to display them, they've reached out to them, um, and there's still a lot of people going. So that's absolutely a show I'm going to try and get over to next year because it's just that's hilarious. Time for Rocco to come out of retirement with the with the flip painted. Remember, remember Rocco's the, 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 the triangle scene the, back the in the focus. go. Opus, opus focus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was it? The, uh, the the Max Power Astra was ruled out recently with the yeah. new the new M2. Yeah. So the new M2 is getting a hard time because of its uh, its body kit that it looks like it's something from the yeah, mid nineties Max Power it's era. Not the best looking car BMW have ever made. I'm not saying something in it's recent times. It's awful looking. It's it's awful. Mm. But. Uh, and uh, well, well, is it justified? Because apparently it's a, it's a brilliant driver's car. It's the only M car you can buy now, which is manual. So manual. Earlier on, you can't That's buy an M, you can't yeah. buy an M four manual or an M three manual. You can buy uh, the M two in manual. It's going to be the last one, but yeah. it is grim looking. The M two forty is much nicer. Yeah, he had put up a thing saying keep hitting haters, but I hate to say this is one of the best driving cars he's ever driven. Well, and it's come from him. You know, you, you can take yeah. it that it's he's not saying to to curry favor with them. I suppose it's, totally. it's like the 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 FK two Civic Type R. Is it FK two? FK eight. FK eight was, mixed up. was um, the sort of twenty sixteen. The most the most recent one, not the brand new one, but the Aye. one before. But yeah, like people are slating it for its looks, but it's a car we both probably want to try and keep reading reviews, and they're saying as as hot hatches go, it's just absolutely amazing. I nearly. Nearly, and ended up with a C63, but you mm. knew it was on my short list. I was looking yep. at the uh, at the FK. I actually couldn't get my R70 and FK to drive one. Yeah. I know it's a big thing at the moment just to go and wing it and buy something never driven one before, which is actually what I did with a C63. I had mm. never driven one before, just, that's a fancy it. And uh, it has taken me a while, a while to warm to it. And now I'm I'm like, this is this is a dear thing to run. But, I, the but, but the warmth <laughs> factor is continually warming because yeah. I know uh, when we when I close the laptop down here and go out and press the start button, we'll all smile like three agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's just ridiculous. And then we'll just... laugh as your petrol hand drops. You <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly, I know. But uh, sure, it's all part of the crack. Yeah. But I think I'm going to uh, pull this into the, uh, the pits of... Bishop's Court here for supercar event and I think we must get a guest on we have a couple of guests hopefully lined up for the next the next show thanks for listening like and subscribe and do all that sort of stuff on whatever social media platform has been renamed and remember there's no warranty this was sold to sing <laughs>